0: Welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies, where we try to solve the world's problems through the miracle of carbohydrates, one recipe at a time, with host Marissa Rothkoff and her dog Bosco. Hello, people out there in podcast land, and thanks again for joining me. Today's guest is the author of the cookbook Will Run for Donuts and owner of Rabble Rise Donuts. Rachel Wyman. Not surprisingly, we go deep on baking and talk about the challenges of keeping a small business afloat during COVID. What Rachel did for the community during that time, and continues to do, should inspire all of us. Meanwhile, I quietly murmur to the magnificent box of donuts she brought me in my first ever, live in my kitchen, finally together in person baking session. Oh yes, and we make her very famous, Cowboy Cookies. Anyway, hello and welcome to The Secret Life of Cookies. We are doing not a first, I did have my first in-person podcast with Mary Trump um, in her apartment, but here I have something, something, (laughs) I have someone even more special. I have Rachel Wyman, a we call her a local baker with national appeal. Um, she is the founder of the, what formerly known as the Montfair Bread Company and now known as Rabble Rise Donuts. She is a super duper accomplished baker. She has baked for everything and everybody. You've competed, right? Yeah. She's yeah. competed and she has a cookbook. Um, what's your cookbook called, ma'am? It is called will Run for Donuts. <laughs> will Run for Donuts. Because along with being a superstar baker, you're also a marathon runner. I am. Have, have you always run? Or is that something that came to you halfway? Like, like you're like, oh my God, I'm making donuts every day. I should run. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Like that. I, I, um, I was making donuts every day. I just had my third baby. Um in four years, I had three babies in four years. And I opened a business when said baby was five months old. So, and I started making donuts and I have all these children needing my time and this business needing my time and these donuts that I have to eat. I'm like, you know, I probably should work on, you know, some fitness. And then I realized that, well, first off, all my donut customers were runners. I used to just make donuts on Sunday morning and, um, and the line would be full of runners, like pulling sweaty dollars out of their sports bras. (laughs) Uh, yeah, super gross. And, um, I, I, was horrified at the time. Now, now I carry a Ziploc for my dollars in my sports bra. Um, and, um, to keep it dry, I actually, you know, on Sunday, um, I, I hadn't delivered the paychecks to my staff and they were at my house And I had to, I was going for a run after I made the donuts, And so naturally I put all of the paychecks in a giant court size Ziploc bag in my bra and ran them to them. And they were, they were pretty horrified. That's right. Um, but they were dry. They were dry. And, and. and you know, paychecks at paychecks. Yeah. Right. It's still cashable. So um, they, uh, the runners, I wanted to like do something to, you know, show them that I cared about them. And so I hosted a, a 4k donut run, mm-hmm. um, nine years ago, and I ran my first mile, two point ish miles. And, um, and I realized during that run, it was the first time in four years that I had an uninterrupted conversation with another adult. <laughs> And that's when I decided that I needed running in my life so that I could talk to adults without kids interrupting me or like the bakery stuff interrupting me and like I'm out on the street. Nobody can find me (laughs) unless I want to be found, which now I think my daughter has like a beacon on my phone or something. So when I'm running, she can find me. Yeah, Yeah, she has Life 360. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yes, she does. She does. So um yeah, that's uh, that's how I started running was just to have some time to myself, and then you know get in shape and eat donuts and continue to eat donuts because runners and carbs kind of go together. Yes, especially fried carbs go together with almost any lifestyle. Right. Um, I have a box
0: of the donuts which I uh, in front of me that Rachel is. That's why it's nice when they come, people come to your house, <laughs> especially if they run a bakery that has donuts, because what do I have in the box in front of me?
1: Um. So I brought you a very diverse selection of the dough that I make, oh which is what I think makes my donuts most special
0: mm-hmm.
1: as the variations on the dough itself. Because like so many donut shops that are out there, the ones that you go to at the beach on the yeah. boardwalk, they're getting a bag that's just add water. And then they put it in this like little robot frying thing with this hopper that just like deposits it in the oil. And they do it over and over and over again. And it's a hot donut. and It tastes good because it's hot, not because it actually tastes good when it's cold. So um, I make all of these doughs and they're all special. And so what you have here is uh, a cruller, which isn't a yeasted dough at all. It's it's actually a churro this month. It's a patechou that's fried and dredged in cinnamon and sugar and drizzled in fudge. So it's like all of the elements of a churro in a ring.
0: And pate is a great thing to fry. I mean, you might use it for like cream puffs and Uh eclairs, but here you fried it. Because
1: a traditional crawler, actually in traditional churros, it's pate Like, you know, before the big companies got their hands on it. Um, And then we have brioche a few different ways. So there's actually a chocolate brioche dough that's fried into a donut. And that one is <laughs> dipped in a peanut butter glaze and it has mini Reese's pieces and, and crushed up Reese's cups and some fudge on top. Um, I'm just like, quietly weird, what giggling. dreams are made of.
0: I'm quietly giggling over here. Like, Kind of maniacally, like.
1: <laughs> and then the, the third donut in the box is a sour donut that's maple glazed. And the sour donuts are super special. They take 36 hours to make and they're actually accidentally vegan. Oh, yeah. So it's flour, water, salt, a little olive oil. Um, we use palm sugar in them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then the sourdough starter that gets fed twice a day. Um, and and it has a maple glaze on it. So
0: that almost sounds healthy because of sourdough. It has this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, okay. Can... Anyway, I,
1: I tell people the calories are in the hole.
0: That's good. Yeah. I think you've come up with all that sort of yeah crap when you're sell donuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: And if you don't, the customers will do it for you. So then you have a couple baked treats in there that we call yum buns. And I know you like the yum buns, so I brought them especially for you. Thank you. uh, There's a a plain brioche, so like a vanilla brioche that is um, rolled up with brown sugar and cinnamon. And then it's baked. And it, it after it comes out of the oven, it gets dipped in clarified butter and rolled in cinnamon <laughs> and sugar. So it's like cinnamon toast crunch or ci- what? What do we? Cinnamon toast. Like yeah. my mom used to make me cinnamon me toast too. for breakfast. So that's what it tastes like on crack.
0: Yeah,
1: it just, and it's also like massive. Yeah, I would take
0: pictures and post them online because it's truly you need to be like it's an alone. experience. Mm-hmm.
1: You need and to. It's like, it is like and so everyone on our staff that's their go-to like that is what we eat when we want a donut we eat a yum bun yes and the um next to it is the chocolate version so we take the chocolate brioche dough and it actually so it has um chocolate cookie crumbs and chocolate chips and granulated sugar in the middle of the swirl so it It actually tastes like chocolate babka. It's the same filling that I would use if I made chocolate babka. And then when it comes out of the oven, still have the clarified butter, but it gets dipped in granulated sugar and a dark cocoa powder. So it's the
0: chocolate version of that. I, um, I kind of feel like, um, I need to be alone now. I know. With them. I know. But I'll share them. And I'll photograph them and you all can experience them. I've eaten donuts before I, I interviewed um, Rachel a long time ago when I was writing for the New York Times and I knew that there was this great new bakery in town and I was writing all about great new things happening in New Jersey and you were about the greatest thing that was happening in New mm-hmm. Jersey then and uh, you were making donuts and cookies and bread at that point, yes. but your donut business sort of exploded then yes. Um, might have had something to do with that story they wrote in the New York Times, <laughs> maybe. But I remember coming in at like four in the morning. You guys had already been up hours. yeah. But I came in at four in the morning and it was Wednesday. I remember that because Wednesday was Cruller Day uh-huh. and I uh-huh. got crullers fresh out of the um, fryer. And, I and now went, you're
1: ruined for life.
0: I totally ruined for life. Yeah. It was just dreamy. It was glazed. Anyway, um, I'm back. Uh, it was delicious, but today we are not making donuts in my home because making donuts at home can sometimes is why we go out and buy donuts because really you shouldn't go through the fuss. If you have somebody like Rachel around, um, we are making cowboy cookies Mm -hmm. and what's in the cowboy cookie. And and where did you come up with this idea? (coughs) I mean, I know cowboy cookies are a thing, but yours are their own special thing.
1: They are my own special thing. So This is the first recipe that I really created on my own or put my own spin on when I was in college at the University of Florida in Gainesville. And I used to bake these like the size of your head and wrap them up individually. And I sold them at these cafes and coffee shops around town. And that's how I paid my rent. Um, I was going to school to be a teacher, not a baker but baking is the only thing that I was really good at and and knew how to do so um so that the cowboy cookies and I think I so at the time I was you know I like chocolate a lot Mm -hmm. and I like oats a lot and it kind of there you didn't really see the oat chocolate combo often it was always oatmeal raisin yeah and so I started um, adding chocolate chunks to the oatmeal raisin. And then I added pecans too, because Florida, pecans. Georgia, pecans. Um, but then I think what's really nice about these is there's a little bit of cinnamon and a tiny pinch of clove in mm-hmm. them. And it just makes it so special and tastes like home. Mm-hmm. And you can vary in my book. I actually encourage people to play around with the contents of the cookie The, the the fun bits, like the the nuts and the chocolate, and you know, around the holidays, I like to do uh, pistachio cranberry. Mm, that's nice. Yeah, and it's pretty, and they always taste so yummy. And and um yeah, so this has kind of become or always been my signature cookie. It's what I give to my family for Christmas every year. Oh. Um, they do not like the cranberry pistachio version. No. It has to be the original version. I can see that. Um, There's been times that I, I like get it really hyped up with like pumpkin seeds and flax seeds and like, you know, make it really healthy, healthy to take with me when I'm rock climbing and, you know, cause so that's the cowboy cookie. The cowboy cookie is like the original power bar, um, (laughs) that cowboys were able to take with them on the trails um for the whole day, you know, back in the time when we didn't have running water and refrigeration. And um and they would keep and they'd be nutrient dense and easy to eat. And cowboy cookies and cowboy cookies. And
0: we've already made the dough and it looks delicious. Um, it, uh, I think Rachel encouraging me to try oh it yeah it's raw. like the
1: best raw dough ever. Mm, I mean raw cookie dough is good all the time but
0: it has a little bit of clove. Right? So nice. Isn't it perfect? Mm. Do you have a preference to using instant oats or one minute oats or steel cut oats or your not steel
1: cut oats I like rolled oats um not the quick ones Mm -hmm. um the ones where you can really see the oats I've been really um digging the Bob's Red Mill thick cut Mm -hmm. or thick oats for Min- your own eating, for, or, for, oh yeah, just I'm or, pointing to my stomach oh. right now. No one can do that. <laughs> for your own eating in your stomach. <laughs> for for my eating, for my baking, because they just have like a really nice truthsomeness mm-hmm. I like oats a lot, so if I'm using oats, I want oats. I really like. I don't mixture. want them to go away.
0: I'm now putting some of these in the oven.
1: The big ones and the small ones, <laughs> and I almost fell in the oven. And um, I don't think I mentioned this in the in the book, but any cookie dough like this, like that Toll House style, where you cream butter and add sugar, you can um, you can put in a roll of parchment and do the slice and bake thing, like so it can be in your freezer anytime. Or you can pre scoop little rounds and then pull them out of the freezer and bake them whenever you want cookies. Yeah. If you
0: um have a podcast called The Secret Life of Cookies and you tend to have a lot of cookies in your house, uh-huh. that tends to be what I do with them, is yeah. scoop them, freeze them. And then when we're desperate, we- Or just- Not desperate, but just, just- Just we're want just, a cookie. Exactly, and, and, normal.
1: Yeah, and- So you, how did you
0: come about with like, brioche donuts are not the standard, as you point out. And mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I'm- but look. here's the nice thing. Okay. I'm having you on in the olden days. It used to be, I would talk to people and say, you've never had a Brioche donut. So delicious. It's so amazing. But now you can actually send them places. Mm-hmm. Are you like your own personal gold belly? As it were? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so if you were become, become desperate for this, I didn't realize this was going to turn into a pitch, but if you become <laughs> desperate for a Brioche donut um, or any of your donuts, how does it, can you have them you can have them yeah them.
1: so we are doing um uh if you go to ravelrise.com um there is something called a naked donut kit Ooh, that naked. you can buy and Do you have to be over 18 to buy a naked donut no no <laughs> um they are family friendly it's not like um, mail order brides no uh no <laughs> um uh sorry but you can make them whatever you want them to be. Uh, so you can get this naked donut kit and it comes with six brioche donuts that are naked. They don't have any blazes or toppings or anything on them. And they are in this nice, thick plastic bag. Um, and when you receive them, mm-hmm. you can put them directly into your freezer if you don't want to make them right away mm-hmm. or if you want to pull out a couple at a time and not make all of them right away. Um my mom thinks this is the greatest thing ever mm-hmm. cuz she can have my donuts every day in Aww. Maryland. Aww. Um yeah, that's really sweet actually. Yeah. <laughs> and um so uh and she tested the website to see if it worked before I even knew that it was connected she was doing <laughs> and she ordered <laughs> she ordered the first box but of as, naked donuts. As a, as a mom yourself, you get that. Yeah, right? I totally get that. Um So I'm like, what? Who found the website? It's not even live yet. Oh, my mom. Um, So you have the Naked Donuts. And then also in the box, you have containers that have vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry glaze, Mm -hmm. which are three most popular. And then you have four packages of different sprinkle blends that Mm -hmm. we make ourselves. And you can create whatever combination you'd like.
0: Yeah, and you can also go crazy and do that peanut butter. Like, a, like the one that you do for May is the one, and you've been doing it for the longest time for like your Mother's Day strawberry mm-hmm. donut. Can you please tell people what that's like? It's like- it's, Ooh, my, it's, it's my favorite donut too. of the
1: year. And it actually, it lingers. We kind of started at the end of April yes. before we can really get strawberries. <laughs> and, and then it kind of lingers through the end of June um, while the strawberries are still lingering. And so it's the, that plain brioche and it's fried. And I, so you, do you know what a honeymooner is? No. Yeah, I didn't either. So, uh, when I first started making donuts, I have no experience working in a donut shop. I have no experience working in a bakery that makes donuts. This was all like trial and error. I lived in France for a while in high school doing an exchange program and We used to go to this little bakery in town and they fried brioche and it looked like a hamburger bun and it was split in half and filled with pastry cream and rolled in granulated sugar. So it was like, Mm -hmm. I would ask my family to take me to the bakery (laughs) that makes the sweet burgers (laughs) like because in my, you know, very lacking French. Um, and, uh, so I knew that if you fried brioche, that is the result that it would yield, um, and that's how my donut thing started. Um, it and since then I have talked to other people who make donuts um, the traditional way, but my approach is from a, a bread baking background, an artisan bread baking background, not from a donut shop background. So I created this um, donut where I, <laughs> excuse me, allergies. Mm. Not COVID. <laughs> um, so it's a it's a you cut the brioche donut out, um, and then instead of cutting the standard size hole, you cut it a little bit bigger than a normal hole. So you're using two round cutters, and you leave the hole in the center, and it rises that way. And then you fry it that way. And we call them bullseyes because that's what they look like. They're two concentric circles fried together. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it comes out of the fryer, the top is perforated. Oh,
0: that's so
1: cool. So you can peel the top layer of donut dough off. And that's what we all eat for breakfast. Like that's the baker's snack because there's really not much else to do with them. Um, And we make bread pudding from time to time. But there's a lot of it's it's, it's breakfast. So baker's breakfast. Um, and then it exposes the inside fleshy part of the donut and it is, it creates this divot too. So then instead of you having like a jelly donut where you've got this massive jam right in the center and like you bite into it and it's like, it spills, on it spills all shirt. over you. So now you have this little nest where you can layer flavors and that's where the strawberry ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so we take, we take the middle out It's perforated pull out the center. We dip the rim in the strawberry glaze and we make the strawberry glaze with fresh strawberry jam, lots of sugar, fresh strawberry jam. And so we dip the rim in that. And then we take a bit of that strawberry jam and we put it in the bottom of the nest. And then we put fresh whipped cream on the top. Mm -hmm. And then we, put on the tippy top, uh, fresh cut strawberry. And it's really, it's just it's so it's summer and donuts and everything good in the world. <laughs> it is. And we need good
0: things in the world. Um, apparently Ted Cruz, um, I was seeing this morning. I hate to talk about Ted Cruz and donuts in the same place. So maybe I just won't, but he did say that after a month of Rover versus Wade being gone, that we won't even notice it. The leftists won't even know that it's gone. Oh, <laughs>
1: interesting so so like oh i'm pregnant i want to do something about this i won't notice that i can't go and no you won't notice that
0: well because it's just kind of like your leftist delusion i guess Um. you've actually been quite You've been an activist through your donuts, haven't you? I have, much to my father's (laughs) chagrin. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a difference of
1: opinion. He calls like once a week to tell me I'm going out of business. Um, (laughs) Because, because yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because how could I possibly um, make a buy Don donut and, and, I'm going to lose half of my business. And I'm like, have you been to Montclair, New Jersey? I don't think it's half. People are buying them by the dozen. Explain explain the buy-down donut, because it was a beauty. Um, It was uh, right after the election results came out, and um, we knew who our current president would be, and the donut said, buy Don. Mm -hmm. And then we made Kamala donuts too. And um, what about your?
0: You also you helped feed people. I remember when the pink pussy hat march. Oh yeah, we a lot. Yeah, what did you do? Like because you created these beautiful donuts.
1: Oh, those we made. Um, they were they were pink pussycat donuts. Yeah. Um, and and then we also uh, the buses from Montclair were leaving very early in the morning, and there was a difficulty securing lunch. So we ended up making bagged lunches for everyone who was going to March. Um, part of being a bakery owner means that I never get to go to these fun things, especially if they're on a weekend or near a holiday or like ever, I don't, don't get to go very far. So I create opportunities (laughs) to have people come to me, like the running club, like lunches Mm -hmm. for the people who are marching. like the Planned Parenthood fundraiser that we did on election day. We did that. I don't We really. did that. So it was entirely volunteer. Josie and I made my daughter Josie, she's going to be 14 next month. And this was last year. So she and I, um, I think her brothers might have helped her. They might have like feigned help. Um, <laughs> and the so we did all of the baking. Like we baked as much as we could, and it wasn't donuts, it was like Cookie bars and like just whatever we could make. Um, because election day was a Tuesday, the bakery's closed on Tuesday. And then um a couple of people from my staff volunteered to come in and help me sell these things. And then a couple of people from the community volunteered. And we had this um bake sale for Planned Parenthood on election day. And I'm not kidding, the line went two blocks down and one block over to get you know, treats for, um, to support Planned Parenthood. And I think we raised like $3,000 that day That's for amazing. Planned Parenthood. It's fantastic. Yeah. I think we should all be having, you
0: remember those like bumper stickers, like it will be a great world when we can fund our military with big sales and yeah. not, you know, whatever. Um, I think this is, it's wonderful that
1: our town uh, you're doing these sort of thing, and we'll raise money however we need. Um, so yeah, yeah. my, my next thought is because, you know, it's hard to having a staff that is kind of maxed out, especially with COVID and like staff shortages and all of that, it, you know, we're kind of maxed out, but I have a platform and a space. So my next iteration of raising money for Planned Parenthood is you bake it and bring it to my space and we all sell the things together. That's a great idea. Right? People will love it.
0: Yeah. Maybe we should do it like the retro bake-off. Yes. Okay. So. Um, <laughs> folks out there in TV land, once upon a time, um, Rachel talked to me about one of your favorite desserts as a kid. Now we're of course, classically trained. Ch- it's still
1: my favorite dessert. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we're very highfalutin folks, but what's your favorite dessert?
1: A strawberry pretzel salad, which is not a salad. At all. <laughs> it's, 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 it, I don't even think
0: it's, it, 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 there's nothing green in it. There's nothing leafy in it. But
1: what constitutes so, it? So you take pretzels and make them into a crust, which I still think is brilliant for anything. Genius, right? right? Like salty pretzel crust. Saltines um, make a nice crust too. Yeah. Ritz crackers. Ritz crackers. Uh, and um, and then it gets a layer of <laughs> <laughs> Cool Whip and whipped cream. Yeah. Together. Has to be Cool Whip. Has to be Cool Whip with um, whipped. Whip, whip, like, yeah, like whipped cream, like or Cool Whip and um, cream cheese. Cream cheese. Right. Yeah. So you cream the cream cheese until you can add the Cool Whip to it, and you put that on top of the pretzel crust. That, Would that is thawed
0: Cool Whip, or do you? Uh...
1: <laughs> no, never. Because I'm never like that ahead of the game. So it's always like you know grinding away to get as much out as you can. And then uh, the top layer, the mm. um, the the cherry on top is the um, strawberry Jello with fresh strawberries actually growing up it was always frozen strawberries Um, but now I use fresh strawberries in my strawberry jello layer
0: that's Um, all right
1: yeah yeah (laughs) and so this sets and it becomes a truly
0: delicious so good pie but it's pie um but you and I were like these are amazing. I love jello desserts. And I, you know, collect cookbooks from like the middle century, middle of the last century. not the last century. Found so much farther away. And they're just full of, and all of us have some sort of memory of like Watergate salad. Oh, I or, love that one too. <laughs> or ambrosia. Uh-huh. Like, we never made ambrosia. We made Watergate salad. But Rachel and I decided <laughs> that we were gonna have a baking contest in town for the best we called it a retro bake-off and boy did we get ambrosia salad
1: and when you mentioned the retro bake-off can you still taste the lime know. jello and oreo together because that was, I, that I, was like, I think the most quick can you explain to people what that was i don't know what it was i don't know
0: it i don't was, know it was some sort of mold that involves <laughs> lime jello and crushed oreos and that's i really probably all you need to hear because you don't need to make it you don't need to go don't try that at home but i do hope that in um the comments on this uh you do tell us what your favorite retro dessert is because i think we should do another one i think so too people have very very warm memories of things like ugh, ambrosia salad and our friends from the midwest call make those things aside as make those things i'm sorry folks in the midwest but um some folks make them as like side dishes for thanksgiving and they're, we still do you do i make
1: waldorf salad for, or what we call it pistachio salad um
0: your family's wife has this pistachio thing wait
1: and we and um, and sunshine salad that's like a key element of every meal in the summer is, what is sunshine salad <laughs> <laughs>
0: let uh, me involve does it involve a brightly colored jello
1: it is orange jello yes. with shredded carrots and pineapple oh that does sound it's good, good and <laughs> cheery <laughs>
0: sounds great. and you can put the pineapple in and it doesn't melt the jello
1: no no you drain the crushed pineapple
0: and yeah like <laughs> we'll be making that on the next episode of i think we really do have to do this um it sounds kind of delicious and it has carrots in it which is delicious healthy. very healthy and pineapple is a tropical fruit <laughs> and so that's fancy and it's like probably the queen eats it i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah i don't think she would eat um but she called it jelly so i um you Stand here before me, looking quite together," but, <laughs> she said. Do <laughs> "You do actually. I think <clears throat> I think it's the running that has kept you together. But you were set to fall apart during COVID, and what? Like small businesses. I, I use you as the example of the small business that suffered during COVID.
1: Yeah. What, what
0: happens as that? a small business? How did you manage to survive? Like you had to like change. You changed within like a week.
1: Yeah. Um, so everything shut down. Uh, well, uh, I think one of the difficult things was that all the information that I got about rules and regulations during COVID was coming from the same sources that everyone else was. So like, I'm watching the news to determine what the governor is telling me to do because our local government was, is forever non-existent. There is no communication from our local government. The mayor's just using this as a stepping stone to his next political endeavor. True story. Doesn't care about small businesses. Um, on the record, I am saying our <laughs> mayor does not care about But businesses. you said this like to CBS. Oh, mayors hell yeah. Because well. so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm encouraging him to step up and care, but it's not going to happen. We're two years in. Um, so the that was the most difficult thing through all of it was not having any communication or like rules or, you know, we were all making it up as we went. And it's like, and the consumers think that the businesses have some, you know, greater understanding of what's going on. And we probably had less understanding than the consumers did. And so then it was just like, then you're like, straddling this this bar of like doing what's right and cancel culture because you know I'm not sure if the listeners have the same kind of groups in their communities but I saw like somebody that was going to take a baseball bat to her neighbor if he ran by her house without a mask on again wow I remember her name by the way (laughs) If you want to know it was two years ago, I will never forget her name. Um, I bet her neighbor remembers her name too. So, uh, but that's like the stuff that's going on. So it's like, it's not just if you make a mistake or, and you don't even know what the mistakes are. This is like people, I mean, looking back, think about it. People were like leaving their groceries on their porch for dates and like washing everything. And we do not know and letting our mail sit. So the cooties cooties could die. I know. And it's funny because like working in food service. You know how cooties are transmitted and you know how they're not transmitted and you have a really good understanding of it because it's the life that you live day in and day out, forever and ever. Hopefully. Yeah. So like I feel like on one hand, we were made for this, you know? Like, oh, we don't want to transfer germs. That's what we do. We don't transfer germs. That's why I found all like COVID recommendations where it's like,
0: this is how you wash your hands before you eat something. I'm like, what were you you doing before? before? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But you guys so, pivoted to because no one was coming to buy donuts because mm-hmm. of the cootie situation, but none of us were going in lockdown to grocery stores.
1: Right. So I'm one of us too. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the great things about my business is that I'm an owner operator. So I'm like really keyed in to day to day operations. I don't, I didn't just like set up this bakery and walk away, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, and, you see in our neighborhood and in New York and like other neighborhoods, the first businesses that went under were the businesses who didn't have an owner operator, it's interesting. who didn't like, you know, because you have staff leaving. So if you're not able to do the work yourself, no one's going to do it. So there are a lot of businesses that went under or the owner didn't want to put the work in. So they're like, I'm just closing. So um, interesting. and. And that's really the behind the scenes on a lot, you know, a lot of the the people who closed and gave nice, like, this is why we're doing this. It was really like, it's like hard, really hard work. And you've got to do it all yourself. I worked harder in the first six months of COVID than I worked at any point in my professional career. And that includes opening businesses. That includes having babies and opening businesses, like any iteration of it. I have never worked that hard in my life. and I never want to experience that again. But why were you working so hard? To feed people. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's like back to that, we were made for this. It's like, you know, I work in a bakery. I'm on the lowest of the low scale in the totem pole, as far as like professional careers and, <clears throat> you know, who you would pay money to do X, Y, Z, um, and, well, you haven't met freelance writers. <coughs> okay. Right, no, right there with you. Um, and then COVID hits and people need food and they can't get it at the grocery store. And it's like, hold my beer. I got this. Like, this is the one thing that I can do. And all of a sudden everybody needed me, you know? Yeah. Like, um, so I baked so much bread. Um, it was brilliant. The oven was full. like 24 hours a day the oven was full we like I've never baked so much bread and I've worked for major bread companies this was like it was just so much bread and it wasn't enough we were everything that I pulled out of the oven had been sold a week ago Mm -hmm. you would let us we were able to
0: shop online with you which
1: was the greatest part and I could
0: pick up milk and eggs and occasionally bacon. Right. And it was like having the general store. You Mm -hmm. became the general store. Right. None of us were going to the grocery.
1: So that's, uh, and again, I'm one of us. So I knew what I couldn't get from the grocery store. And I knew that there was no supply issue. It was a supply chain issue, but not a supply issue because I could still get flour. I could still get yeast, but in bulk. So I started breaking it down into Mm -hmm. consumer friendly portions and selling it because like you said, I couldn't sell donuts. So if I wanted my business to survive, I needed to sell something else. And, um, and then we were selling it online because it didn't require interaction with humans Mm -hmm. and we could pre-sell it. We could put it out on tables outside. With everyone's name on it in alphabetical order and everyone could come through and pick up their groceries and be on their way and we didn't have to breathe on each other or um, yeah. and at some point you started providing vegetables and fruit yeah. and that no. was like and I,
0: I didn't have any choice over it and no. i've since become the person who's like lives for my csa
1: because someone yeah. else is saying
0: you are can have swiss chard this week you don't have to think about it and i really like that it means that we just don't you know the same
1: right and that was yeah it was and and because I did this assorted box of veggies, and I can't remember, I used to I used to know this. Like, I, I, it's it's good that I forgot. this. Yes, um, that's probably. But it had a certain traumatic. number. Yeah, it had a certain number of um, fruits and a certain number of veggies in it, and it was all based on the supply. And that's why it wasn't a specific mix because you know maybe I couldn't get blueberries. And so, just to give you a visual yeah. of this. Like we were getting about six pallets a day of fruits and vegetables that we were breaking down and assorting. I spent, I don't know, at least four hours a day picking up boxes and putting them down. (laughs) We were going through two pallets of flour. That's 90 bags of flour in less than a week
0: and it was being distributed to us it was 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 being distributed
1: it was going into the breads
0: and you were providing us with yeast it was i really it was quite you know if we had if we'd had um, an active town council that looked out for whatever Mm -hmm. anyway uh that's for another podcast on local government and why local journalism is important to local government anyway that's a lecture i give to my journalism students Um, There's no oversight anymore because you don't have local journalism. So you don't really have, or decent local journalism, with all due respect, um, that really is willing to become an investigative journalist. Absolutely. And absolutely. And these people, so these people can get along with absolutely no oversight. And so nobody's digging around, nobody's Mm -hmm. smelling the bad stuff that's going on in local government. So um, that, that's, I'll get off the soapbox on that one, but it's, a, it's actually a super important topic because.
1: Right. Because it's also something that the town could have been organizing because the town has the same resources, if not more than I do. Right. And people were paying me. I was not giving away food. No. Um, and
0: so, but you, it meant you could re- leave, you were able to turn on a dime and that allowed you to actually earn a dime when Correct. otherwise you would not be earning any money. So it was right. a wise
1: move. Yes. And it saved my business in, in more ways than one. It actually allowed me to pay off um, some of the debt that I had on the business because we were processing such a volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and it allowed me to keep paying my staff and, you know, keep everybody employed. And I, until Omicron hit okay. in December, we didn't have a single case of COVID on our staff. That's remarkable. Right. right?
0: That's truly remarkable because you're all in close quarters, all in
1: close quarters, but also what the public might not know. um, During that time, there were 10 of us working, including me, anybody who had an office job was on the floor Mm -hmm. and it was all by choice at the beginning of this, when we knew things were shutting down, when we got word that the schools were closing. um, I gave everybody the opportunity to walk away. Uh, We also, at that point, unfortunately, we let go of all of our part-time staff. Mm -hmm. So I had 10 of us that were full-time. We rearranged our schedule so that the 10 of us would be working 40 hours together during the week. So from, we were open, we still are open Wednesday through Sunday, seven to two. I think in the beginning of COVID, it was like eight to noon. Like Mm -hmm. it was a very short window um, to pick up orders. We weren't interacting with people. Right. And So we had our own pod or bubble or whatever. And I provided all of the groceries. I provided all the paper goods, the toilet paper, everything for those 10 people for six months so that no one had to go to the grocery store. So no one had to, in other words, go anywhere, anywhere, but the bakery, home bakery. Not that, I mean, they could have, that was their choice. I didn't regulate that, but it was scary. And, and I didn't want anybody to want for anything or to feel like they were in a place where they couldn't get what they needed. So I gave it to them. That's magnificent of you.
0: And that's what I was, the point of I was saying about local government is that you, you deserve like a big, you know, like the key to the city.
1: Or um, I've never
0: met the governor
1: or the mayor. No. I mean, I'm, I have met the governor, um, but not the mayor. But not the <laughs> mayor. I've never met him.
0: Never Um, so we have to, um, wind down, but I want to, your discussion of COVID Mm -hmm. and how hard you had to work leads me to the other discussion, which is, and something you and I've discussed before, you must get, um, you get letters all the time. You get just like I would, when I was at Nickelodeon, people would be like, I love kids television. I would love to write a kid's book. It must be so easy. Mm -hmm. I'm so good with things. And not yucking anybody's yum if you have it inside of you of course you can do it but a lot of people say you know what I'm gonna quit my job and become a god no (laughs) don't do it What? just like why just keep making cookies at home
1: (laughs) why it is so hard it's so much physical labor and you don't get much at all I mean I I'm the last one to get paid at any given time. I generally have like two to three paychecks on the side that haven't been cashed because the business can't afford to pay me mm-hmm. um, anything like not, not yet. Um, and I mean, unless you are so passionate about it, you can do it 24 seven. There's no off. There's no, no days off. Um, and In fact, we're setting up a new payroll system and Um, Haley, who is managing the payroll, had to enter everybody's vacation allotment dates, And she's like, what should I enter for you? Like like, there is none, even when I'm away. On the day that I ran the Boston Marathon, I'm still responding to emails from customers on the starting line at the Boston Marathon. I mean, it's who I am, but it's also what made this business successful. So unless you're willing to do it 24 seven and live it, you don't do it. What time do you
0: get up in the morning? Three. She gets up at three in the morning, folks, no matter whether it's snowing, raining, sunny, or there's a blackout or whatever's going on and you leave. And, um, do you smell like donuts? Yes. She smells like donuts. It's true. Everything smells, not just me. Like everything. (laughs) Is it true that your kids have gone to school and people are like, you you smell like donuts. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes. Yes. And you also work every single holiday that God gives. Yes. Yes. So you
1: I do you, except Christmas. I take Christmas off, but I bake right. for family.
0: family. Yeah. How do you feel about if you go to somebody else's house? Do you want
1: them to bring make dessert for you? Yes. A hundred percent. I will eat anything <laughs> that someone else makes. It could be a peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwich, and I am so grateful. For that peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I did not make with my own hands. Every single
0: chef, from the fanciest to the guy who works at a Dunkin' Donuts, with all due respect, would be much happier when they came to your house. You cooked for them, and then they really—it's true—they don't care yeah. what you make them. Do you know
1: what my favorite thing is the um, peanut butter candy cakes from Tasty Cake? You know, it's like that vanilla cake with the peanut butter, and then it's dipped in chocolate. If you gave me that, I'd be so happy. I know, so if you made something i'd be so much happier if you put a
0: plate of like oreos totally. in totally i'd be like i will house it <laughs> and i love your cookies your food and um thank you for being on the show i'm gonna eat a cookie now oh we have the little tiny ones. There. i'm eating one of the little tiny ones they're darker brown here's the sound here's your asmr for the day maybe it wasn't so asmr Anyway. It's delicious. It looks beautiful inside. It smells delicious. Um, I'm going to eat this now, but not while you guys are listening, because <laughs> nobody needs that. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for bringing rabble rise donuts to me. Rabble rise, because it's a new name. It's not long bread anymore. It's-, it's like rabble rouse, but yeast. Yes. <laughs> in the morning <laughs> they rabble rise. <laughs> and I'm going to sit down with a whole bunch of donuts now. So, uh, um thank you all for joining us Thank and you. see you thanks again for joining me and rachel wyman this week you can find a copy of her cookbook wherever fine cookbooks are sold and order her donuts via rabblerise.com. please follow me on substack for the recipe for cowboy cookies and much more have a great week wash your hands